Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Robin Crane, and this is the Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way podcast. Listen, I was a financial advisor for over a decade, and I got so sick of the old archaic strategies that your grandpa used to get clients. What the industry teaches today is still so outdated and just doesn't work anymore. So I had to find a better way for myself, and then I got obsessed with sharing these how-tos with other women like me. The stuff I teach doesn't require giving up your life, your sanity, or your family time. I want women like you to have it easier than I had it so you can thrive in the industry. I've now helped thousands of women grow their financial businesses to multiple six figures, some even seven figures per year. So on this podcast, you're going to get an inside look at how they did it so you can do it too. Let's dive into the show. I am here with Claire Kui, and she is an international sales expert, trainer, and speaker who has led multi-million seven-figure sales teams to close to over $11 million in high-ticket sales and $4 million in 2020 alone. Okay. She's worked with a lot of cool people that if I name drop them, you probably won't know them because as a female financial advisor, you won't know how cool they are, but just trust me. She's very, very cool. And, um, we got like, there's just, I kind of just want to talk about what we're going to talk about. So you can add some things here, but she's great around money. She's great around sales. Um, she's been working with many, many seven figure a year, high level earners, um, who help a lot of, especially a lot of women. So, um, we're into that. We're going to talk a lot about how bringing the feminine into sales and how to embrace sales as a woman without having to follow the old masculine based way of selling, which is Claire, like what I talk about all the time. Um, so we're going to be very aligned with that. And um, she actually has a story and I'm kind of curious about this and I don't know if it even relates to sales, but I want to start with it because I think it's interesting. And she says, why getting breast implants was a huge mistake, but I don't blame the salesperson. So let's start with that, but you can tell us a little about you and then get into that. But like, let's go right to boobs. Like that's what I want to talk about. (laughs) I know we're talking to women, so maybe it's a little weird, but I mean, we have boobs. I have boobs. You have boobs. We all have boobs. Wouldn't you like to be a boob too? I don't know. But tell us about this this mistake and how it happened. Right. And I also, I'm like straight to business, straight to the boobs. Straight Love it. Boobs. Like, um, I mean, let's just be real here. We all want to know. We all want to know. Uh, so I, I'll just say this too, because I'll, I'll weave in what we talked about with the, the masculine, and the feminine, I can tell that you're really into that and your audience might be into that as well. So if you go to my Instagram, Claire, no, I C L A R E underscore queen, and you scroll down. I mean, I had surgery uh, in October, 2021. So last year I was like, wait, what year is it? It's all going so fast. Um, but I, uh, when it comes to like the, the feminine, the masculine paradigms, and basically when I say paradigm, it's like how we think men and women should be, um, 
And I also want to just say this too, as a disclaimer, I don't think men are bad or evil or wrong. I certainly consider myself a feminist. I work with all women's teams. I believe that we should have equal pay, equal rights, all those things. So I'm, but I also, I say that and I'm, I'm married, I love men and we also need to heal. Women need to heal. Men need to heal for us to be copacetic and things to work and have equality all around. So I just want to say that first, but and I will <clears throat> add, amen, sister. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I'm not into male bashing. I, it's right. just that this industry, the financial industry is old, archaic, male dominated, and it's a problem. And it's a problem for the women who are in this male dominated industry. They don't feel like they have a home. They feel like they're being pushed out, even if they don't always say it. And it's, it's not, there are many men who are very inclusive. And I will just say this, this is very interesting, but I had a, an event just recently Um, and one of my ladies said that they got in her broker dealer and I won't mention the name, but at her broker dealer, they got rid of women, exclusive women events, like, you know, women, uh, types of events because the men were complaining that it was not all inclusive. I'm like, you freaking got to be kidding kidding me. This is what we're doing. (laughs) Old white dudes are going to like now say, oh, it's not inclusive. And so you can't have like some sort of women's event. I'm like, I'm about to go knock on their door and, and bang it down and be like, this is ridiculous. So I, I, I also married, have a son, like that's not what it's about. And I, my second podcast was, was with Ron Carson, who, um, very manly man, but very, very inclusive to helping women and minorities to have more success in the financial industry. So it's just something we unfortunately have to fight for and we have to fight for it. And because we have to fight for it, we have to fight against, and it's not one individual dude. It's the industry that is creating this atmosphere that is not inclusive to women and minorities. That's a problem. So amen, sister, I had to add that. Keep going. Yeah, love it, love it, love it. So I say that. We're not going to really talk about the boobs yet. We're just going to keep almost talking about the boobs. So like, we're just like, (laughs) I want to know about these boobs. I mean, maybe people aren't listening and they hate me now because it's a little bit. They're just, uh, they're pressing forward. They're just like, let's talk about the boobs. Or they're just like (laughs) leaving or, you know, people love me or hate me and some might hate me, but you know, the ones that love me apparently like to talk about boobs. Okay. Carry on. Okay. So I I had to set the stage, which is all this is just, by the way, this is like basically sales. We're creating an open loop. Like people, the, by the way, the people that are like still here that are listening to us, like there are people. So, um, and she's even saying by the way, which is a sales technique, B Y, (laughs) or is it B U Y the way, what is she going to offer at the end of this podcast? (laughs) There's going to be like some huge high ticket offer. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, I'm going to offer you an idea of what to to think about boobs. (laughs) That's what I offer. We got it. Okay. So I had to set the stage with just the male, the masculine, the feminine. And like, and I say that because if you go on my Instagram, you scroll, you just, just go deep, go deep in the stock mode, go, go real deep. Just keep scrolling. I used to be in the fitness industry. And so, um, like the financial industry, it's, it is male dominated. It's very, you know, there's a patriarchy there. There's a bunch of white guys literally white guys. There was one woman in a judging panel one time when I was in fitness in a, in a a fitness competition. And so, um, I was competing at my, my peak. I was nationally, I was competing nationally placed top five. I mean, it was, this was like back in the heyday when, um, this, 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 uh, form of fitness competition was coming out anyway. 
So I, I get off stage. I'm in the best quote unquote shape of my life. And I have big quotation marks because yes, I like, like looked great. like had abs, but mentally, physically, like mentally, spiritually, and kind of physically, I was like, when you're on stage, you're actually at your weakest point because you're just, you're dehydrated. Like it's not good. So I get off stage in seemingly visually just externally the best shape of my life. And I go down to this like 12 guys, sorry, 11 guys, one woman. And they basically said I needed boobs to, in order for me to do better these. So just like, think about that, and, and right? The women, the woman too. Like, oh, the woman was the, what the most adamant that I oh needed breasts. Oh God. Right. So, and, and I'm not blaming her either. This is just the system. Like this is how it was set up. And this is their, their perspective on what they think beauty is. By the way, if you're currently in a competitor or you compete or whatever, blessings to you. There's many things to learn. It is not an easy sport. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, my mentor many years ago told me at the end of the day, it's a beauty competition. Like who, who is to say at Miss America, like, you know, your cheekbones are slightly more defined. Like in fitness, it's basically like your butt cheek is a little perkier and like, and wow. at that level, it's like, you know, anyway. So I, I, I left the competition, uh, like with it, the seed was planted and I competed a few more times, didn't place as well, because again, it's like maybe not the same 12 people, but different people, with the same perspectives around beauty. So I, I competed, didn't place well another time. And I was like, okay, I, I think, uh, I think I need boobs. And, and this is like really hard for me to admit because at that point I had convinced I'd sold myself into, I needed boobs. Like I wanted boobs. In fact, I remember telling myself, well, you know, I've always kind of thought what it would be like to have bigger boobs. But the reality was I, I the seed was planted. I had sold myself into getting boobs. So I, I, Literally two weeks later after that competition, I go to the doctor, the, the, the plastic surgeon. And here's the thing. I walk into the office and it's beautifully aesthetic. You know, if you, I don't know if you've ever been into a plastic surgeon's office or if you get Botox or something like that. It's very beautiful. This kind of like clean, just aesthetic. And I, I walk in and, but what you would think is that the plastic surgeon like had to convince me or I walked in kind of knowing what I wanted. I knew what I had wanted. And, uh, fast forward. I, I think I had boobs for breast implants for 11, maybe 12 years. And over that period of time, um, and now the FDA, by the way, has required basically blacked boxed, black boxed breast implants. Say that five times fast. Black boxed breast implants. Basically that the doctors now have to disclose the, the impact, the the risks, right. right, Of that. And that did not exist when I got like, they were like, Oh, it's like, it's fine. It's fine. Right. You might have to get them replaced just because, right. Not even that. It's just because like the plastic, the actual, the actual silicone or the saline, like you need to get them replaced anyway. So here's the takeaway. I got really sick, like super, um, there's many symptoms associated with getting breast implants that are actually not directly correlated because 
when your body has a foreign body, when there's an implant, whether it's a knee implant, breast implant, shoulder, it doesn't matter. Your body will start to reject it. And the way it rejects it is through your autoimmune system. So I was having definite autoimmune responses, like weird rashes popping up. The biggest, my biggest symptom was fatigue. Like I would get 11, 10 hours of sleep and still like be exhausted. Like I needed to go back to sleep. Doesn't, didn't matter how much caffeine I had. Um, I, I was having like, like some, some skin problems. My eyes were kind of red all the time. So basically I, I hit a, a, a bottom. I, I was doing everything right. Like I was gluten-free, dairy-free. My was eating super clean, was still like not feeling great, gain, like, like not easy to lose weight, but I knew I was doing, getting the right amount of sleep. Something was wrong. And, uh, I made the decision this is like one year. In, this is 12 years in, like, it's just like compounding and compounding and compounding. Yes. And it got really bad. Wow. It got really bad. I mean, I'd say the last year, 2021, I also was working really hard. As you, you said earlier at 2020 uh, with one team, I produced over 4 million for a coaching industry. That's pretty amazing in the pandemic times. Right. And, um, yeah, I hit a real bottom in 2021. My adrenals were just fatigued. And then just everything that I was kind of suppressing and getting by with just, it spiked. So I, I say that I, it was a big sales mistake because I walked into that, not really getting real with myself about why I was doing it. I, yes, the plastic surgeon did it. He did, you know, we had two like consultations, whatever, I don't blame him because ultimately I'm responsible. I'm responsible. And also what I will say about him is that, you know, he wanted the easy sale. Like I was an easy sale. Um, and what I teach my clients is that sometimes the easiest sale isn't the best sale. It's not necessarily best for you as the provider or the best for the client. So it was easily my biggest sales mistake because I was not informed. There was not a lot of connection. He didn't get into why I wanted these things like, or from my memory. I mean, maybe he did, but I was just like, I want it. So I call well, you were it a, just, you were just like, he was just an order taker. And, and I think that's also a really good distinction around sales. Like what is being taught in the financial industry is, and I, I talk about like, this is the sales process because I lived it as a financial advisor. And then um, it was 15 years or 16 years ago or something when I started and the, the techniques are exactly the same. Like, it's interesting to me when I tell women that like, here's the sales process that they gave me. And they're like, yes, they're, they're like, they're, they're, they're nodding their heads. And so what they told me to do, and maybe not everybody's the same, but when I first started, it was like, okay, let me tell you about my company. Then let me tell you about me then. And it's not like, let me tell you, but it was like, this was the, the sequence. This was the structure. Tell you about my company, tell you about myself um, and building credibility first about the company, not, not about me. And then the third thing is I'm going to educate you. So usually we would show some sort of graph. It's either the like, you know, start saving at 21 versus 31. And how, if you save less than 21, you'll still have more than the person saving more at 31 because you start early, you know, or maybe it's a graph to show if you don't start investing in the market now you're, you're screwed basically. Then it's a fact finder of like, how much money do you have and where is it? So I know where the gaps are based on where your money is. Then it's like a very short portion. What do you want? And it's like, a, it's a short-term, medium-term, long-term. So maybe it's like in the next year or less, then it's like two to five years and then five years plus, or maybe 10 years plus, whatever. Um, and then it's like, here's the next step. 
there's no digging or probing for the challenges and why you want it and why it's important to you. And so you're an order taker. Like you're just like, if someone comes in and this is most of most financial advisors, they're getting referrals, at least if they've been in the, they've been in the business long enough. And when that referral comes in, they're already ready to buy because you're great at what you do. Not necessarily great at sales, but great at what you do. They come in and they're like, Oh, I have a million dollars in this investment at whatever company. And I don't like them or they don't really talk to me. And so what can you do with it? And after you go through your whole system, you're like, here's the offer, like put this in this account and I'm going to, I'm going to invest it this way. And here, you know, two, two weeks later, three weeks later, three, three appointments later, sign the paperwork and move the money. Like it's not even fast. Right. But it's like, I always tell my clients that they don't like to hear it necessarily, but they get it. Like, sorry to say, but you're not good at sales, even though you think you are, you're good at what you do and then people refer you and they're already sold. Like you were already sold. Someone sold the breast implants to you as competition, culturally, all these things that you need it, you must have it. You went in there ready to buy. You're in that 3% of the market that's ready to buy that didn't need any convincing or uh, you know, otherwise. He has conviction, the plastic surgeon, what he does or he wouldn't do it. He's right. like, all my job is to make you feel better and get what you want to look the way you want to look. And I can make magic and I can carve my you know, uh, beautiful... Uh, what's it called? Michelangelo or whatever the heck the guy is sitting uh, right, right, right. Whatever his name is, but I can like carve you and create you what you want to look like. Like, look at this right. beautiful masterpiece. He's an artist, right? right? He's not a salesperson. So yeah, I agree with you. And I think most people are definitely in this uh, order taking position, which is why they're missing a lot of the people who really need their help. And I know without even hearing your system, that is probably very similar to mine. Like you have to understand what they what's, what's holding them back, what they want and how to get them there. So tell us like from your perspective, as far as, well, well, let me just, I know you started to say it, but I think I interrupted you. You obviously got them removed. Um, and did you notice a change in your health immediately? Cause a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Mel Robbins actually got on, um, Instagram and she had like a whole five part series about why she removed her breast implants, but it was very, very similar as well, where she was, um, I don't remember what the pain was, but she was having a major issue. Um, and it was affecting her health. And she finally, you know, removed them. And she was like, Oh my gosh, like, it's like nine days, like a whole whole different body. You know, you have this foreign, she's, so she's like, don't do it. You know, this foreign substance in your body, like it's not going to end well. Um, so without making this all about breast implants, we'll move on. (laughs) But I think that's, that's also really important just as a woman to not let like societal, like demands and cultural culture determine how you feel and what you do with your freaking body. Right. You know, we all want bigger boobs. I mean, that's a societal thing, like a cultural thing. Like there was a time where when you were big and curvy and juicy, like, and people loved that, that was culturally very acceptable, like big hips, big body, big boobs, all the bigness. And then it got to like super skinniness and like, you got to be skinny, skinny, skinny. And like what changed? people's opinions. Like that's it. And so all of a sudden you got to be different and completely sacrifice your health and what's important to you, what you think, you know, you think it's other things, but it's like the most important thing should be your health in order to please others or to feel good about yourself when it's really within. So that's a whole other podcast I think we can do, but I'll just put (laughs) my foot down around that because I think that's bullshit. And like, like, and still I want bigger boobs, like, and still I've never done Botox, but like, I, I want to kind of, because it's like, shit, like I'm getting older, like I'm getting freaked out about getting older. Like it doesn't feel good. It's scary. And my face is like falling apart. And like, it freaks me out because nobody wants to get old. Like everybody wants to look beautiful. And I look at my face now and I'm like, crap, like I get scared, you know? And so I'm like, what can I do to make it better? Right. So all that shit, it's hard to just look within, but I'm trying to like eat the right things and put the right things in my body to make my skin look well. Instead of just like putting shots. Although 
I won't say I'll never do it. So, you know, don't judge me, but um, going back to you and your sales process. So if you were, I'm kind of giving you my, the the structure from the industry and I can kind of, I'm sure yours is very similar to mine, but what is the, the feminine way to do sales and how can, can they use that in their practice? Right. And so I, I was listening to you lay out the, the, the structure that you were taught and I'm like, oh, like it's so cringy. It's so cringy. And I think one of the, the, the things that makes a huge distinction with that model. And like, I just want to point out, if you listen to that, how that model is laid out, it's very much like the person that's explaining it has all the power. Let me get through my slideshow. Like, let me just like, I'm going to barge through and just trudge through this like a bull in a China shop kind of, kind of feeling. I mean, I just could hear that and it's very, very rigid. And again, that's like, if you just look at the masculine or the feminine anatomy, they mean like men are supposed to be super rigid. I think the thing that has changed in most industries is that people are smarter. People know that trick and pony now. They understand that uh, many years ago, this is my first introduction to sales. I used to sell Cutco knives. By the way, those are great knives. Like my sister bought like the whole shebang set. They are good knives. And they're freaking good knives. And it very much is, you can, hearing that model and hearing the Cutco model, man, it's the same, it's the same thing. Let me do the demo. Like, here's about the company. Like, don't worry about me kind of thing. And all right, here's, save it. You have your first knife at 20 and then by 20, like, great. It's just the same kind of spiel. And the big difference that I can already sense and know how you do your process, it's about relationship. It is about not assuming anything, not going into the conversation, thinking that you know it all. And one of the pieces that I teach my clients, and it's I've seen it again and again with seven-figure sales teams is to come from a place of curiosity. And women, we're naturally like that. Like my husband will, he'll have like a happy hour with a, a, a another, another husband, like a couple friend. I don't know how you say that, but I'm like, well, tell me what happened with, you know, their vacation. And like, when are they going to blah, blah, blah. And he comes back. He's like, I don't know. Right. Like, well, what are you talking about? Like, how, how can you not know? And women, so I say that because women are naturally curious. Like we want to know details. We want to understand what's going on in the inner workings. So from this very, like, this is the way it's done and it has been done. The market's changed. I will say that's across the board of the industries. They've, consumers are smarter they have Google information's a, a, a keypad away. And so the feminine way is from doing what we're good at is building a relationship, staying open, staying curious. That's really the biggest distinction. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah, I, I was at my event. I, I'm always telling them so, so many, like, it's not just that we want to know, we also want to tell, right? Right. Especially these women are working with women who want to talk about the things that might seem irrelevant to their portfolio, but really all matter because it's about how they feel and how they make decisions and how they feel when they buy shoes and they don't want to tell their husband about it. And I'm using that analogy as if I ever buy shoes and don't tell my husband about it because <laughs> I don't really shop, but, but like my, I'm using, I'm thinking of my mother when she first like st- started like 
and she wasn't, she would buy TJ Maxx and things like that. She doesn't like to spend a lot of money, but before she was working, my dad was basically making all the money. And she said when she would go shopping and even though they were $30 shoes or something, she would like put them in, like try to put them in the closet without my dad seeing. So she wouldn't get shit about it because she felt like, you know, I'm not supposed to do that or, or whatever, you know? And so everyone has their little things, but, um, but it's like, like there's, there's so much around, um, just, how those relationships are and, and telling the, like just how women are in general. And I was at my event and I was telling them like revealing things you should not ever tell your female financial advisor clients, like how you made extremely big mistakes with your investments recently. You know, when you're teaching them how to grow your business, at least you're not, I'm not trying to teach anyone how to invest, but I'm like surround. I was a financial advisor for 10 years. And then I'm like telling them like still how I make these mistakes. And I'm like, well, you know, my whole thing, I'm like TMI, squared, you know, like I am TMI squared. I tell way too much and like, you know, multiplied. So um, that's my new, my new, uh, my new term TMI squared. Um, but <laughs> we women want to talk about these things and we want to be asked about these things. And right. also going back to Cutco, I have a funny story about that because, uh, I play tennis with this woman or I used to, and she said to me, like the exact script that she said to me, just like you said, is exactly the script I was taught as a female, as a financial right. advisor. And she was like, you know, Hey, she called me up. She's like, Hey, Robin it's cat from tennis. I'm like, Hey, how you doing? And she's like, um, you know, I, she gave me her why she was like, I have a full-time job and everything, but during the summer I have this kind of side hustle selling Cutco knives because now here's a, her why, because my son, he's doing these extracurricular activities for college. And I really want to help him do those things and get and pay for college. And so, um, and I, I just started recently. And so I'd love to practice my presentation on you and your husband. And I was like, Oh God, like we were told to do the same thing around money. I want to practice. Right. I told my cousin, I'm going to practice practice this shit. And then like, I go through the presentation with my cousin and at the end, I'm like, we're going to take that 401k and roll it over into the capital appreciation fund. And she's like, are you kidding me? I thought right. that was practice. And right. so like same cut coat thing. Like she shows me the presentation, sells me the knives, asks for referrals. I make my, I grow my business based on referrals here. You know, can I have all these referrals? And I'm like, I don't feel comfortable because right. I don't feel comfortable selling my friends on cut coat knives. Right. It's exact same thing with money. Exact. Like to a T right. like, dude, knives and money. How could that be the same? But these are the old archaic strategies. They have worked. So I get it, but it's because you're going to people who are kind of already ready to buy, which yeah. makes a, diff a bigger difference. But I, mean, I had to add those two things. I mean, I think I, I, not that the Cutco CEO and the CEO of Ameriprise are in the same room, like inspiring in, a, in a, some <laughs> inspiring in like some dingy, like Hilton hotel room, ballroom, but in a way they are, I mean, like in a way, like that's the system that's made. And I think what's really incredible about women entrepreneurs, women service providers is where we see things differently. And, you know, it, we didn't really get rights and, you know, in the last 50 years. And now it's really time for us to, to do things differently. And I, I will say that even though it was horrendous, what's happened with, the pandemic and just how our world has been shifted upside down. To me, I'm, I'm a glass half full kind of girl. I'm a glass all full kind of girl. It's just like, what, where can we see things differently, even in the face of insurmountable odds when things seem like they're falling apart? My opinion is that they're falling together. They're falling into place. 
So I do think for many reasons, and I'll go I'll step just barely into the woo, like this really conspired for us. So if you're, if you are struggling with that model, here's like, you're, you don't need my permission, but let me give it to you. Try it differently. I think you, Robin, are an incredible like uh, example and mentor for those women that are looking to do it differently because it is just because it was the way that we were taught doesn't necessarily mean it's it's right because um, right and good are two different things. Nice and good are two different things, right? So just that's my two cents on it with how if, if you're on the fence of doing it things differently and it's hard. I mean, I can only imagine in the financial industry how often that masculine model is taught. And yeah, and then then we want to have our own powwows around how we can do it differently. And the guys are freaking banging on the door just because the, the, the reality <laughs> is right. The reality is we are thinking about how to do things differently and they want to know. They want to keep that, you know, they want to keep control because that change is scary for most people. Yeah. And it's not an, an intention of like pushing people out or women out or minorities out, but it's just, um, it, it is the, unfortunately the reality of it. It's right. like, we keep it status quo. This is what we know. This is how we're doing it. And there is this, probably this, um, drive of domination, which is a male, you know, uh, trait and innate response right. to wanting to have control and dominate. And, and, and like, that is, I mean, from the animal kingdom, like it's even like that. And it's like, right. it sounds, sounds horrible, but I mean, there's a very big difference between how my husband reacts to things and he's a very manly man, you know, and how I react to things and how I see things. And, and this is the reason I'm so passionate about getting to that 50% of women in the financial industry is because women need you, women need you. And if they're just having a man to talk to about their finance, like if there was just, if there was, you know, 60, let's just call it 75% men in the world and 25% women, it's okay to have 75% men advisors and 25% women, although that's not how it is. And also problem is that women's outsurvive the men. So now like they're having to be forced to go to men to get the help and it's fine if you choose that. And, and right. I have this whole new idea about like creating, like creating this, um, the, or reaching this, this goal of getting 50% of women in the industry is I think women that are outside the industry, like these women you've worked with Lisa Nichols, and, you know, we can say big names that maybe they won't know, but right. these women that we're talking to that have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of women on their list, the Marie Forleo's, the Lisa Sasevich, the, all these people that no one in the financial industry know, Mel Robbins, let's just say you probably know. Yep. But to get these women influencers to raise their hand and say, I want to work with a female advisor. If we can get, this is my whole new idea about this whole mission is if we can get women and like you, right. To say, Claire says like, I want to work with a female financial advisor. And if women of influence start to say that, and they tell their, their, their communities to say that that's when we'll have a greater demand. And that's where, when we can start to have a bigger supply of women in the industry. And so I right. think part of the responsibility is on women who are in the industry to be successful in the industry, to learn sales techniques that you're aligned with. It's not salesy where you're getting to the real heart of what their challenges are and really understanding what they want and really letting them express themselves and, and be real about the deep stuff that matters. And then figuring out a solution, the vehicle, whatever you, the product or whatever it is, it's just a vehicle to get them there faster. Like if you're going to go from California to New York, well, you could take a vehicle, like you could take a boat, 
I think you can get a boat, but like, is that the fastest way? No, you could take right. a car. That's not as fast as, as a plane. Like, so the vehicle matters, but first we need to know they're in California and want to go to New York and like right. driving down to, through the Panama canal. And I don't, I mean, I mean, boating down <laughs> through the Panama canal and like going to New York is probably not the best way. Right. So your job is to figure out that vehicle, but without knowing where they want to go and where they are, like you can't get them there. You're just an order right. taker. You're just someone that's like, okay, well, I guess just take a boat because it's going to get you there. So who cares? Right. Well, what's going to get them there faster. So that's really the sales process of getting there. And I think we have responsibility as women in the industry to be successful. So we say in the industry, but I also think women like you who are not in the financial industry, Claire, like these women that we're associated with have responsibility to start saying like, Hey, we got to be part of the solution. Right. Or saying, I want a female financial advisor. And then it starts to change. I love that to drop on you right there. But I mean, no, I, I I'm so in agreement with that because, and I think at the heart of this too, when it comes to us collaborating together and and I, I'm not sure how it is in the finance industry, but really I see this across the board with women where there's like scarcity around it. Where And, and uh, in fact, I was talking to a mentor of mine. She was at, at the time, I think, when, what year was that? In the 2000s, she was one of the top three women in Oracle. Like she was the top salesperson at that time. And she was the only one, like the, the only woman in this industry in in like that particular, like, like rank role where she was a woman. And I thought about that. And it's, it's not just the men like, right. There's some ownership there that have they been making inclusivity a, a piece of company culture, but from a woman level, how often do we feel threatened, feel, uh, yeah, just threatened or like there's not enough intimidated. There's not enough. And the reality is that we're stronger together. We're so much stronger together. And what I've also realized is that any kind of criticism that I have about another woman, it is just a reflection of my own internal world. It is just a reflection. If I say a woman's intimidated, intimidating, really, it's like, where am I, where have I felt intimidated? Like, where have I felt scared? Where have I felt not like, like I'm not measuring up to this other person. And I think that's a paradigm that is slowly starting to shift. There are more people doing self-help, personal development, spiritual work. We're, we're getting, you know, people are kind of waking up to, um, to it's, we can't always just point the fingers outwards. So when it comes to women supporting other women, it really, for me is owning our own stuff around it. And stop stopping this whole thing of pushing other women down or pushing them. Like there's enough for everybody. There's enough for everybody. I mean, there's, I don't even know what's above billions, zillions. I would, that's just made that word up. Trillions first. Trillions, right. But then, gazillion, kabillion, right. right. I mean, there's, there's so much money being circulated. We don't even know the names of it, right? We're just in the buys, the billions, So if that money is going around, it's being circulated, it's going to be circulated regardless. So we may as well band together and and take, be a part of it. Take what is our birthright, which is to, I believe everybody has access directly to abundance. And not easy to say as a minority woman of color, um, because I know other minorities, there's there's mindset, there's definite cult and for good reason, 
cultural beliefs that we don't have access. And when we start to heal together, when the playing field's more even, when we start talking about these things and being willing to what I think is true leadership, which is not pushing other people down, but pulling them up, pulling them up to the table, like getting them like, like literally to getting behind their waist and like, Hey, come over here, come play with us. That's how we all win. Absolutely. Well, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. Tell them where to find you. Sounds like Instagram's a good one. Yeah, that's my jam. You can find me at, um, at Claire Quee. So C-L-A-R-E underscore Quee. Um, and I mean, there's no way they're going to know how to spell Quee. C-U-I. Because it usually has an I, but C, what is it? C-U-I? C-U-I. That's it. Okay. Okay. Cool. C-U-I. Okay. So check it out. Um, anywhere else they should find you? Um, that's my main jam. Okay. That's That's my main jam. jam. Yeah. Check her out. Follow her. Get in on this and, uh, come back next week. We'll see you next week. Thanks again. Bye-bye. I actually have the link for the tag challenge, the appointment generator challenge. So instead you can just go to femalefinancialadvisors.com and register right now so that you can get five quality appointments in just five days. Now, this is not around, you know, you having to talk to friends and family and get all awkward. This is not about you having to spend marketing dollars online or create a whole funnel. This is going to be easy. It's simple. It happens in five days. If I can get you five quality appointments in five days, then you know that you can have the best year of your life because you just need to get in front of more of the right people. We will walk through it together as we do it. So do not miss this. And if You can, if you're smart, do VIP, spend a few extra bucks and you can actually spend time with me on Zoom where I can connect with you, get to know you and really help you get those quality appointments so that you can grow your business. And um, go ahead again, register at femalefinancialadvisors.com. You'll find it all there. It's happening, coming up very, very soon. So make sure to register, claim your spot, get in on this, get excited about it, block your calendar because you need to spend about an hour to an hour and a half uh, a day with me on the Thursday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, so that you can get these results and it does work. The most appointments I think we got in those five days, uh, someone, I think it was Dana got 33 appointments. So you could be my best student and go well beyond the five quality appointments, go to 10, go to 15, go to 20 and set yourself up for the best year ever. Can't wait to see you at the tag challenge. See you there. Thank you again for listening to growing your financial business, the woman's way. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.